Hello, and welcome to episode 30 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we've been doing this for six months almost. Yeah. Maybe a little longer. 30 episodes, that's crazy. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Hopefully we got another 30 in us. Hopefully. This week, uh, we're doing a little early. Yep. And so we decided to settle on a topic that should kind of stay evergreen, at least for a while, and that's going to be legacy. Yeah, legacy doesn't change a whole lot, so hopefully this re- this uh, information will be relevant whenever you feel like jumping into legacy. If you want to reach out to us, you can tweet us at Casual Tripod. Yep, you can hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG, and you can email us at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Yeah, so I think that we had some more people uh, contribute to the uh, the sheet yeah. Jesse yep. came back, and then we got uh, the one, the only, Ken. No last name, but we know who you are, Ken. <laughs> we know what's up. Yeah, he sent me a message asking about how to uh, move data over earlier this week. Gotcha. So I said, you don't have to do that. It does it automatically. Yes. It the all, world we live in today. Yes, it all works. Yep. Thanks for that. We'll talk about that a little bit later, so yep. we're starting to get some more numbers. Yep, and I also had a uh, good conversation with one of our listeners earlier this week about some uh, show topics. Cool, cool. Yeah, so if you got anything you want to hear about, absolutely reach out and uh we'll do what we can we're gonna try some legacy today yep we're gonna talk about what it is uh some pros and cons Mm -hmm. and kind of what makes legacy legacy right in terms of like gameplay so uh, i have to follow the directions in the show notes it says legacy (laughs) so there you go Uh, we're all set now so what is legacy uh, so legacy is a format that goes back to like the beginning of magic basically um, when I was a kid I used to play what they called uh, type 1.5 which was basically what legacy is now it's you know every card but like no moxes like n- yeah. no power no stuff like that it's a little bit different than vintage which is kind of anything goes in that legacy doesn't have a restricted list in vintage. If uh, cards are too powerful, they get restricted. You're only allowed to have one in your deck. Legacy says, we don't want that. So anything that would be restricted, they're just going to ban instead. So you don't have to worry about the one-of rule. It's basically any card that's ever been printed in white or black border. So no yeah. gold border cards, no silver border cards. But it includes everything from like the commander decks, everything from the plane chase decks. Modern Horizons is in there. Yeah, Modern like, Horizons is in there. Any cards they print go in. Yep. So in addition to like the power being banned, mm-hmm. uh, another just like whole swath of cards is anything that says anti from back in the day. Right, yeah. I mean, that's banned in any constructive yeah, in any, format. In anything. That was uh, the whole gambling thing, right? Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. so. Uh, and then they have like some things that they've just deemed too powerful. Yeah. And the the, the ban list isn't super long. No, no. They try and keep the format as open as possible, but when something gets oppressive, they do uh, do try and get rid of it. Which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yep. You know, why would someone want to play Legacy? I don't know. Why would someone want to play Legacy? Because they have a GP coming up? Well, they have a GP coming up. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Legacy is more complicated it is. Than, than modern. It's a lot deeper. Yeah, so there's a lot more stuff that can happen mm-hmm. in any given turn. Yep. Uh, since there are a number of widely played free cards mm-hmm. in Legacy that are interactive, right. like Force of Will and Days, you have to think about like, okay, well, what happens if they have, they have no mana, but what happens if they have this free card? Right that how do I play around that? How do I sequence? So like your decisions Mm -hmm. are are more valuable. Not only are they more valuable, but they're harder to make also a lot of times. Like Cabal Therapy is a 
very skill testing card. Yes. Um, so is Brainstorm mm-hmm. and Ponder. Like the, these cards require multiple decisions just to resolve the one card, and the decisions you make are probably going to affect the rest of the game. So your decisions in Legacy matter a lot more. They're more skill testing. They're harder to make. But because of that, the format is, I feel, more rewarding. Yeah. Um, when you get your win, you know that A turned into B turned into C, and that's how you got your win. It's not like it. It's definitely not like standard where you can you know make a very egregious play mistake on turn two and still come out with the win. Or in modern where you can stumble a little bit like turn three or four and you know still squeak a win out. If you stumble in legacy or if you make a bad decision in legacy you're going to get super punished for it. So, yeah, the decisions are are, are important. Yeah. And the Pleasant Kenobi on the internet mm-hmm. has talked about how, uh, I think in like the one of the Dies Are Removal podcasts recently, that Legacy has the decisions and the most interaction. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of what modern was like built to be. Yeah. But Legacy actually has like, you have all the best removal. Mm-hmm. You have all the best interaction, all the best card filtering. Yeah. Uh, so you have, you can always find your answers or, uh, or you know, construct your deck in a way that, like, you know, yeah. works around what, you know, the answers in the format are. Yep. As opposed to, like, we're modern where you're kind of hamstrung in some in some places. Yeah, it's kind of strange. I, I think part of the um, disparity between, like, legacy and modern is that, like, way back in the day, Creatures weren't good. No. Like, you didn't want to put creatures in your deck unless you had to. Spells were a lot better. And then, like, modern era of magic design came around, and they made creatures a lot better and started pushing the combat step matters. So in modern, you the games are more warped around the creatures, and the spells maybe necessarily can't support that. Whereas in Legacy, you have all of these great spells that the creatures matter a little bit less. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or at least the spells balance out the creatures. Yeah. Right? It takes a lot for a spell to kind of work its way into Legacy. Yeah. Like an individual just like instant or sorcery. Mm-hmm. But creatures, it's easy for creatures yeah. seemingly to hop into Legacy because the creatures are so much better. Like Dreadhorde Arcanist. Yeah. Right? That card's 5 to $10 because it's played in Legacy. Yeah. Because it lets you cast your busted spells for free. Right. Your Brainstorm, Ponder, whatever. And But, like, it's it's hard for spells to find their way into right. Legacy because you're, you're trying to push out Ponder, Brainstorm, Swords to Plowshares. Yeah. I think, like, Collective Brutality shows up because it enables graveyard things and is generally useful. Yeah. Fatal Push shows up Mm -hmm. and, like, Faithless Looting. And it's just, like, a replacement for Careful Study. Very few spells make their way back to Legacy. Yeah. Because there's the spells were way better back in the day. Now the creatures are better, and so they kind of come together that the old spells and the new creatures meet up in Legacy. Mm Mm-hmm. Where in modern, you don't have that. You don't have as efficient of an answer. Yeah, and I think that's part of why modern has kind of become so degenerate lately, is because the answers maybe aren't as powerful as they need to be. Hogak, Mm -hmm. they paid no mana for it, and then you spend two mana to terminate it, and then they just cast it again next turn. Or they cast it in two turns. Realistically, terminate's probably too slow. Yes. Also. (laughs) Yes. In Legacy, like, 
they could just sort it and yeah. like have a clean answer. Yep. Move so, on with life. So we have how to get started, and the first one we have listed here is proxy decks. I think it's a great thing at our store. Um, our friend Juan, who helped us out with our uh, set review episodes, went through and printed basically a proxy legacy gauntlet that he keeps at the store. There's like eight or ten decks in there. Anyone's welcome to use them whenever they want to. Um, you can actually run like an entire legacy event just out of the proxy decks if you wanted to. But that's a great way to get into legacy. Um, I think the main hurdle about legacy, aside from it, you know, being a little bit complex and intimidating, is the money aspect of it. A lot of people don't want to have to drop, you know, two thousand dollars on a mana base just to play a format. Only two thousand dollars? Like, well, yeah, yeah, you, you um, know what I mean. Yes, no, that is really nice. Yeah, a lot of times, like I think we said before, you know, if you have part of a deck, mm-hmm. like let's say you want to play Delver and you have your Delvers and your Dreadhorde Arcanists and mm-hmm. your Lightning Bolts and stuff, but you don't have the lands. You can just proxy up that yeah. part of the deck. Yep. And so there are stores that will, some stores have like a, a limit. Mm-hmm. Where they'll be like, well, only 30% of your deck can be proxy, or right. only the lands can be proxied, because that's usually the, the highest yeah. cost thing. The big hurdle. Yeah, and it changes like store to store, but mm-hmm. most stores that do legacy will have some sort of like you can have. Yeah, like I think I had mentioned a couple episodes ago, I don't have quite as much legacy as experience, so that's kind of why I'm focusing on legacy these next couple weeks leading up into uh, GP Atlanta. But from what I've seen around, like at different stores, talking to people from different areas or whatever, like most people just want to play legacy. Yeah. They don't. They don't care if your deck's got a bunch of proxies in it. They don't care if they need to lend you a deck to play. Um, most people just kind of want to play because it's so hard to get a game in. So the the only downside to proxying things is that those events can't be officially sanctioned. Yeah, they basically can't be reported to Wizards. Yeah, Wizards has a a policy that makes it a big no no to uh, have proxies in sanctioned tournaments. Yeah, so I think you can like run them as casual events yeah. for like one planeswalker yep. point yep. but you can't actually run like a regular event which is again not a huge deal yeah all right like nine planeswalker points is not going to make or break you right <laughs> like oh no i went three out i didn't get any planeswalker points oh i'm not gonna make it my buy it's like you'll find those nine points somewhere else somewhere there's also a couple modern decks that port over reasonably close to legacy too right yeah i don't know how popular it is right now but a couple months ago uh blue black death shadow was yeah, pretty popular. It, it shows up every so often. Uh, I watch a lot of legacy videos, and it shows up. You know, mm-hmm. once every couple of videos, someone's playing Blue Black Death Shadow, mm-hmm. and it's the basically the Josh Utter Layton list from Pro Tour 25th anniversary. Okay, plays like mainly like Watery Grave. Usually plays like one or two um, underground seas, but then mm-hmm. the rest of it is just like the modern deck mm-hmm. has has Throne of Geth in it. Also has Snuff Out, right? Snuff Out. That's, that's a, a pretty great, sweet that's tech. That's a good one. Yes. Snuff Out's like, what is it? You can exile a black card and kill something three or less or like... I think you lose four life. Lose four life. Yeah. yeah. Randomly throughout Magic's history, they have printed cards that have weird alternate casting costs. Yeah. And so Snuff Out's one of those. There's Invigorate, which is like your creature gets plus four, plus four, and they gain three life. And suppose you paying the, yeah. the casting costs. Yeah. There's, snuff Out is a, if you control a swamp, you can pay four life rather than its mana cost. 
Okay. Uh, there's some creatures. There's like a two-two for four that you can like pay. Give you let your opponent gain four life, and you can just pay a four-four for free if you control a, a forest. There's yeah. like submerge. There's a whole cycle. Submerge is the most popular one, where it's like if you control an island and your opponent controls a forest, you can cast this card for free, and it puts yeah. a creature on top of their library. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of these like rando cards that um, that like exist, and some get played and some get don't, but they're mm-hmm. all just like you know these weird things are like from mask block yeah is when the is when those were printed yeah that was a very strange time in magic yes so yeah, yeah you have blue black death shadow yep and then there seems to be a lot of different hogak decks yeah floating around i don't think anyone has like a good list yet mm-hmm. as to like what should uh, what it should be, but there are a bunch of Hogak decks floating around. So mm-hmm. if you, you know, if you were playing modern Hogak, yeah, well, you won't lose your, you won't lose everything because you can <laughs> take most of those cards and you you have the beginnings of a legacy deck. And there's yep. some that are playing the Alter Bridge combo. Mm-hmm. I saw Pleasant Kenobi again playing a Goblin Bombardment. Okay. Yep, I've um, seen that version too. Yeah, I I don't think his list was right. There was still there was some like weird stuff but yeah. there's a bunch of things floating around and like other than the lands like the big difference is like cabal therapy mm-hmm. which like cabal therapy is great uh we yeah, talked about awesome. it before it's it's a black uh, you target a player and as the spell resolves you name a card mm-hmm. uh they show you their hand and then you can uh they discard all the cards with that name right and then it has flashback for sack a creature mm-hmm. which works really well with bridge from below yeah works well with like anything that like puts things into your graveyard because then you can just cast it from your graveyard so yeah. it's kind of like drawing an extra card when you mill stitcher supplier over. stitcher supplier seder yeah. wayfinder yeah. uh milling yourself with altar things like that mm-hmm. that card's like five to ten dollars like you could have you could take your modern hogak deck move it over even play the same mana base you'll see that a lot in like yeah. side events where people will just play shocks mm-hmm. you give up some percentage points but you know, and if you enjoy playing a certain deck, one thing is like just kind of say like, okay, when standard rotates out and I go to the GP or I go buy list all my stuff, I'm gonna buy list my stuff for a bayou, a bayou, yeah. And now you're one dual land closer. Yep. Okay, that's what I normally do is I just take when I get rid of when I when standard rotates, I just take all my stuff. And I turn it into like some reserve list card. Yeah. And that's how I've kind of cobbled together what I what I have. And yeah. most of uh, most of the mana bases that I've built, I've built out of the scratch and dent bins at GPs. Yeah. Um, that's a really good place to find, you know, reserve list stuff, stuff that's a little bit more expensive yeah, for. They're usually like the lands are usually fifty to sometimes a hundred dollars, depending on their yeah. uh, cheaper than you yeah. would expect to see them if they were in better condition. Yeah. Now I'm not telling you to go play like I'm not telling you to play Grixis where like underground seas are seven hundred dollars, right? And volcanic islands are four hundred, but like bayous are two fifty mm-hmm. ish ish. Savannas, yeah, savannas are cheap. Scrublands are cheap if you wanted to play like Maverick or something. Yeah, so there are ways to get in, and like you can get in and decide that you like a deck, and then kind of make it your goal to build that deck mm-hmm. over the course of. 
a few years because legacy has changed kind of rapidly in the last year like things have kind of cycled up and down yeah a lot more than it has in the past and i think it's because like power creep like there's stuff yeah. that gets printed into standard that just looks it just ends up fitting into yeah legacy pretty well but i mean you'll find someone that's like i've played elves forever mm-hmm. and they're gonna just keep playing elves yep like, uh, Reed Duke is known for playing Elves in Legacy, right? Yeah, that's just what he plays. Yep, that's what he plays all the time. If you watch the Star City events, like, Caleb Shearer plays Storm. Yep. I've sat down against him and been like, I'm going to combo you out because I know you have nothing because you're yeah. playing Storm. And just <laughs> comboed him out two turns in a row, and then he was mad and left. I think he played three turns of Magic. You beat like, the sleeves off of him. I did. <laughs> I did. Another, like, cheap kind of entry-level deck is burn yeah burn is fine as a deck it's weird it's like a turn three to four combo deck effectively right you're yeah. just trying to get them dead and sometimes it's fast enough and sometimes it's not you don't have a lot of interaction unless right. they're playing like a creature deck mm-hmm. but like you just try to do your thing i don't feel like the decks i play because i play combo decks yeah. should lose to burn but, like, I'll, like, lose a game and, like, start to sweat and be, yeah. like, I've looked down and been, like, oh, no, like, sorry, team, I lost game one. we got to, like, fix this. Burn picks up some pretty good upgrades in the Legacy version, though. Yeah. You get a Chain Lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, you get... The big one's Fire Blast. Yeah, that's the one I was trying to think of. So Fire Blast yep. is four red-red for an instant. Pretty sure it's four red-red. Yeah. Deal four damage. It has an alternate casting cost of Sack Two Mountains. Yeah. So, like... So- the last card in your hand, you just burn them out, sack your mountains, and kill them. You can deal 10 damage on turn two. Yeah. Which I would not recommend because you don't have any mountains. Right. But if you do that on turn three, they're usually dead. Yep. Like Fire Blast is the card that helps push you over the edge. Mm-hmm. You also get a Price of Progress mm-hmm. to punish people for their mana bases. One in a red instant deal two damage to each player for each non-basic land they control. Yep. Like when you play against like Grixis Delver and they have no basic lands in their deck, you mm-hmm. can deal them six or eight damage for two mana. Right. Which again is, is way above rate and like lets you like, yeah. you know, you're like Goblin Guide, Price of Pro- uh, Goblin Guide, Bolt, Bolt, then turn like three, you're like Price of Progress, Fire Blast, and they're dead. Yep. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm really good at this. Good game. Yeah, good game. <laughs> Easy mode. Easy mode. Uh, I think that, um, but it's cheap for like a legacy deck. Yeah. Uh, Death and Taxes. Oh, yeah. It's also, it doesn't play any dual lands. Mm-hmm. The expensive parts of its mana base are Wasteland and Rashadenport. And Rashadenport yeah. is taps for a colorless. You can pay one, tap it. You can tap a land. Right. So you so, do that during their upkeep. Yeah. And... It's a mana denial deck. Yep. Uh, and then like the rest, like I guess other than Recruiter of the Guard, I guess Recruiter of the Guard is expensive. Um, I don't other, think they're awful expensive. They're like twenty dollars. Yeah. And then Stoneforge Mystic, but the rest of the yeah. the rest of the deck is like a bunch of like five dollar cards. Mm-hmm. So like it's a deck that if you like, I want to play Legacy, you could play Legacy for five or six hundred dollars and mm-hmm. have an entire deck. Yep. So like if you're someone who likes to play Death and Taxes or mm-hmm. like uh, in Modern, right? Or like you know just little like or Humans, like I think Humans yeah. is a reasonable it's a pretty analog. Good analog. Of it, like if you're a humans player in modern, like death and taxes Mm -hmm. is a reasonable place for you to go. And there's also a humans list I've seen floating around in Legacy, yeah, where it takes a lot of the same humans cards, but then like sticks like Mother of Runes, yeah, and Stoneforge Mystic, which is not a human, but 
Yeah. It's just an honorary good card. Honorary human, yeah. Yeah. Death and Taxes is kind of a weird one, too, because it's, like, even though it's no fun to play against, um, it is kind of oddly satisfying to pilot. You're, you're taking a bunch of, like, fives. Yeah. And, like, turning them into tens, right? You're, like, you're just taking a bunch of cards that are, like, eh on yeah. their own, but their combination right. uh, works out really well. Like, Death and Tyler... Death and Taxes players love like Flicker, Flicker Wisp, and like yeah. Flicker Wisp is like, meh. Yeah. But like, it doesn't with, do anything on its own. But, but with everything else, it's like I'm gonna port your land, and then I'm gonna Flicker, I'm gonna Ether Violin a Flicker Wisp, and get rid of your other land. You have no mana this turn. Right. And uh, okay, so now like you can't do anything this turn. Now I get to attack you with a few things, and it's just stuff like that, like stealing turns. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I played a Thalia. Now you can't ponder yeah you don't get to do anything on your turn yeah so like if you don't have a second land you don't get to play the game and I, yeah. i'm gonna steal two turns from you mm-hmm. and get in for six damage or whatever yeah so that's another deck that's relatively accessible yeah and it seems like that deck's been hit with a lot of reprints lately also yeah reprint. and it has like some newer cards in it so the card prices in general aren't as high yeah, it's reprints, and I feel like Conspiracy 2, Take mm-hmm. the Crown or whatever. Like, they printed, like, two or three cards in that set that just, like, went directly in Death and Taxes. Yeah. Recruiter of the Guard, just a four of in Death and Taxes. Right. Palace Jailer is, like, an uncommon that yeah. is, like, a three or four of in the deck. And then Sanctum Prelate. Yep. So they're all cards that were printed in the last year or two is a big part of the deck. Mm-hmm. Mother of Runes got reprinted in, like, the Elspeth vs. Kiora uh, dual deck had like one mom in it so there was in one of the master sets too wasn't it okay yeah and it's got like it's got the different art yeah there's been a bunch of recent reprints yeah so it's a it's a deck that's easy to get into if you yeah. like that kind of thing and it plays no duels no duels at all it's so you don't have to buy fetches you don't have to buy dual lands it's planes rashard and ports caracas and um, wasteland so like port caracas and Wasteland are 25 to $50 a piece, which is where you're going to spend most of your money. Yeah. But, like, if you had the creatures, mm-hmm. right, you could start out with, like, well, I have, like, one Caracas and I have some Ghost Quarters. This is not ideal. Yeah, ghost, th- that's worth noting also. Ghost Quarters are probably a reasonable analog to Wasteland. I mean, obviously, they're not as good, but a lot of decks don't have basics. Yeah, a lot of, like, Delver decks. Yeah plays one to zero and yeah. usually zero you have 75 percent power yeah and that can be enough for you to get into it and see how you like it yep and just be like oh yeah this is not quite as good as it could be and, and again, fix like, it yeah and then like you know over the course of six months to a year you can right. like cobble together your your you, you win a, a tournament at your store and you get twenty dollars in credit and you're like well the new ports are twenty five dollars yeah. i can get a port now yep kind of thing so win a couple f and m's get mm-hmm. a rashad and port there you go there you go it's uh, not as good of a, a tagline as magic's like play the game see the world <laughs> yeah <laughs> win an f and m get a port get a port <laughs> <laughs> woohoo so we wanted to go over what the pillars of legacy are mm-hmm. just like we so we talked about a few decks and like you said there's a ton of decks. And there we will, are a ton of decks in Legacy. We will say some deck names just out of habit. Yeah. And there are a, the deck names in Legacy are great. There, I wish Magic would go back to this sort of naming convention. There's like a Dead Guy Ale, yeah. which is like some like weird like salty value grindy deck. Yeah. But there's like Dead Guy Ale, and then there's like another version of the same deck. I don't know what that name is. There's. There's Cheerios. Mm-hmm. There's Moldy Cheerios. Mm-hmm. 
There's the um, cephalid breakfast. Cephalid breakfast. Yeah. So there's all these like weird like deck names that like exist from like old like you know message boards. Yeah. Uh, I think we talked about Nick Fit before. Yep. Where someone was trying to say, well, this card's a nice fit. Yeah. And they and forgot they the E. They forgot the E. So the deck just became Nick Fit. Yeah. We talked about Tin Fins a while back. Yeah, Tin Fins. Yeah. Which is just a great origin story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Probably one of my favorites. C Lab 2020. <laughs> um, or 2021. Yeah. We may say like a random deck name. Yeah. And sorry, let's just like <laughs> how, how you talk. But so we're going to go over the pillars. So just to get around, so what are pillars of the format again typically? Uh, so pillars are usually like the key interactions in a format. Um, the most powerful, some of the most powerful cards, um, a strategy to build around that type of thing. And a deck can have more than one pillar in it also. It's not like a pillar means this archetype. It can just mean an archetype. Um, but also it's just like a really powerful thing that you need to be aware of and people build decks around. Yes. Um, so the first pillar of the format and the thing that probably everybody thinks of when they think of legacy is brainstorm. Yes. Is objectively the most powerful thing to do is brainstorm. In combination with fetch lands, you basically get to ancestral. Yes. So basically the the play pattern is you want to be able to brainstorm with a fetch land in play. Mm-hmm. Because brainstorm, you draw three, put back two. So if you have two cards that are bad in that matchup in your yeah. hand already, you draw three new cards, put those two cards that are effectively dead mm-hmm. in your deck, and then you fetch and you shuffle those cards, those bad cards away. Yep. And they get mixed into your deck, and you may draw them again, but the odds are really low. So you've turned two bad cards into two good cards. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. In addition to brainstorm, yeah. there's also just cheap cantrips. And- in general? Yeah. Uh, Ponder is probably the second best one. Yes. Um, it's one blue mana. Look at the top three cards of your library. You can put them back in any order or shuffle your library and then draw a card. Yeah. So you get to either look at three cards yep. or you get to look at four cards for one mana. Yep. What this lets people do is in decks that are interactive, like uh, the Delver of Secrets decks, mm-hmm. that lets you play one or two of an interactive card Mm -hmm. because you're going to see so many cards in the game. Yeah. So it's not like standard where if you're like, well, I need to have four assassin's trophies. Right. Because I need to be able to kill something. In Legacy, it might be like, well, I'll have two assassin's trophies, one abrupt decay, and a fatal push. Mm -hmm. And I'll be able to find the one that is appropriate for this situation. Because you're probably going to cantrip two to three times in a game. Yeah. yeah. So you can be like, well, I need... Well, they have a they have a Gurmag Angler, yeah. which is a six mana, five, five, that you cast for one mana all the time because it has right. Delve. Yep. Kind of like Hogak. Kind of like Hogak. And you're like, well, this Abrupt Decay isn't going to do the job. Neither so is Fatal Push. Yeah, so I'm going to brainstorm, mm-hmm. and I'm going to hope to, like... I'm going to put that Abrupt Decay back, hope that I find an Assassin's Trophy in the top yeah. three cards. And if not, I'm going to shuffle with my Fetch Land. Yep. So now I will, you will have effectively seen four cards looking for that one specific answer. Mm-hmm. So that lets you only play a few answers. Mm-hmm. So you get to play more answers that do different things. Right. It lets you vary your threats also. Yeah. So yeah, it lets you. So it makes combo decks more consistent mm-hmm. because 
you are just constantly looking for your pieces. Right. And so a lot of combo decks, they will spend the first two to three turns kind of building the hand that they need to win the game mm-hmm. and then trying to win the game. Right. So uh, they're, they're more consistent than, than they would be in like modern because like modern you have to hope that your seven has three of your four pieces. And that or, you have time to find your fourth piece. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or two of your three pieces, right? Yeah. Where in Legacy, you may keep like, hmm, I have one of the three pieces I need, but I have two brainstorms, a ponder, and a preordain. Yeah. I will find my other piece. Right. Yeah. You're digging 15 cards deep in your library. Yeah. So yeah. you're like between like two draw steps plus drawing four different cards yeah. or having four different cards that are going to draw you a card and see three cards each. Yeah. You're going to find what you need mm-hmm. so you like it, it you keep different hands mm-hmm. you're just like oh i have peace plus dig right it also lets you play super greedy mana bases right yeah you play not very many lands yeah like delver plays like 16 18 lands like 18 yeah. usually 18 19 because like almost your like best possible hand is like one land ponder right right you're like turn one like land ponder find your second land mm-hmm. right like you're on the play you get like three looks at your land and if you don't find it you shuffle yeah you get your draw off ponder to look for your land and then you get the draw for your turn to look for your land yeah and if you miss you've probably hit another ponder right or, or you've hit a brainstorm and you're like yeah. okay i'm gonna brainstorm for a fetch yeah and then okay now i'm now i'm good to go again mm-hmm like some of those lands aren't actually lands though, right? Because you're running wasteland, yeah, which wasteland, doesn't cast anything in your deck. Yeah, wasteland doesn't cast anything. So yeah, like actual mana lands yeah. that produce mana to cast spells. You're right. It's probably typically like yeah. fourteen. Yeah. And yeah, you just like you get to find things. Yeah. So the the cantrips and legacy, going back to like decisions, mm-hmm. give you more control. You have way right. more agency over what's going to happen in that game. Mm-hmm. Because you're looking at cards and making decisions. Yeah. Right? Like, we have opt-in standard, and you're like, oh, I have a two-land opt-hand. I can keep this, and I'll hit my third land. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, now you just have opt that looks at three cards instead of one. And so you're way more apt to to be able to make things happen. Mm -hmm. You have way more agency. It's harder for you to get mana screwed. Through not drawing lands. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen people keep hands that were like four lands and three cantrips. Yeah. And they're like, well, I'll find something to do. Yeah, I'll find something. Or like, well, if one of those cantrips is a brainstorm, I'll yeah. just put two of these lands back and shuffle them away. Yeah, and I'll have like, I'll end up with two lands yeah. plus five with spells. Some action and a couple answers and still have a cantrip left over. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, it's like that hand being like, Brain, having a brainstorm and a fetch lane, it's like, okay, this hand is actually... Ten cards. Yeah, and, but yeah. it's also two of those lands are gone. Yeah. Right? So I'm going to... This hand's probably actually three lands, four spells, or yeah. two lands, five spells. Yep. It's like, oh, okay. Like, so you, you can do more. Mm-hmm. And you can decide, like, okay, I'm playing against this. I know what's, what's important here. Yeah. A hand like that also kind of... Um like insulates you against discard effects too, right? Like thought seize, inquisition, yeah. duress. Like they're gonna take your you know, they're gonna take one of your cantrips, 
but you were just gonna turn that into something else anyway. So yeah, but you don't. But they don't know what they're at, what they actually got. Right. So like thought sees you and you see a bunch of cantrips. You really don't have any information about their hand mm-hmm. because they're gonna pay a blue mana and change their hand. Turn, change their hand. Yeah. So. So then we also, next up... Uh, yeah, it kind of goes... This next pillar goes along with the last one, and it's a Force of Will. Okay, so um, what's Force of Will do? Uh, force of Will is three blue-blue counter-target spell. There we go. You can exile a card from your... Or a blue card from your hand from the game and pay a life instead of paying its mana cost. Yep. So it's just a free counter spell. Free counter spell. So... That is, I have here, that forces the glue that holds legacy together. Yeah. So, again, I think uh, we mentioned this last time. A lot of people think legacy is a turn one, turn two, super fast, Mm -hmm. combo heavy format. And it can be. It can be. But what ends up happening is force of will keeps those decks in check. Yeah. Right? If you're a deck that has to spend six cards, if you're Char Belcher. Mm Mm-hmm. Which basically plays one land. Yes, one land. Plays one land, and all its cards in its deck are just things that you can sacrifice for mana or exile for mana, mm-hmm. right? So it just takes all its cards in its hand, makes mana, plays this artifact, mm-hmm. and then activates it and wins the game with it. Well, if you spend four cards casting your Char Belcher mm-hmm. and your opponent casts Force of Will encounters your char belcher you lose the game yes right you've you're you're down to two cards that don't do anything yeah they make mana yeah and then you know 10 turns later you die to a three two Mm -hmm. right but you just don't get to do anything the rest of the game yeah so like force of will makes it so you people don't just get cheesed out Mm -hmm. all the time yep right safety valve yeah when you play when you play the the combo deck Sometimes you have to be like, okay, show me the force of will. Yeah. Right. I Make came, them have it. I came here to do this. Yep. And it's like, oh, you didn't. Oh, cool. Okay, I guess I get the win now. Yep. Right. But force is what keeps it from just being like turn one, turn zero craziness. Yeah. yeah. So I forgot to do this on the last pillar, but uh, what, what kinds of decks are we going to have um, as like a brainstorm fetch land? Okay. So you have all the Delver variants. Yeah. Delver is kind of like the creature. So whenever anyone says Delver, they talk about yeah. Delver of Secrets. Yep. It's a 1-1. One, one. Yep. For one mana. For one mana. But if you have, but on your upkeep, you can look at the top card of your library. If it's an instant or sorcery, you can reveal it. Mm-hmm. And then that card transforms into a 3-2 three de- three flyer called... Uh, Insectile Aberration. Aberration. So, right, the Delver decks are a bunch of cantrips. Yep. And so there are a bunch of instants and sorceries, and this yep. is a cheap, evasive threat. Yeah, it's a pretty quick clock, too. Yeah, I mean, a 3-2 kills you in, like, six turns. Yep. If you think about, like, you're going to fetch or something. Yeah, you're going to fetch a couple times. Right. Uh, Miracles, which Miracles is, like, the blue-white control deck in yeah. the format. Yep. And it gets its name from playing Terminus, mm-hmm. which has the Miracle effect, or Miracle triggered ability. Yeah. If it's the first card you draw for a turn, you can pay an alternate cost, which in this case is white. Yeah. And you put all creatures on the bottom of their uh, owner's uh, library. Mm-hmm. It, that's where like the term miracles comes from. Yeah. And then there's sneak and show, and sneak and show is uh, a combo deck mm-hmm. that tries to put in emeralds and grizzle brands for 
little to no mana. Right, and it uh, uses all the cantrips to try and build its hand of, you know, big thing plus way to cheat it plus some sort of protection. Yeah, some way to to get it through, yeah. being like Force of Will. Yeah. Right. And then Force of Will gets played in pretty much all of the blue decks. Yeah, pretty much all the Brainstorm decks. You need, because of its um, alternate mana cost being exiling a blue card, you need to have some number of blue cards to exile with it. Yeah. Um, so it turns out that all of those cantrips that you use to like build your hand or whatever are great for pitching to Force of Will when you yeah. don't need them anymore. And then the next thing is Delver and mm-hmm. Days. We got to put those together. Yeah. So Days is another free counter spell. It's a one and a blue to counter target spell unless its controller pays one. Yes. But instead of paying one and a blue, you can return an island you control to your hand instead. So that makes a fantastic like turn one or turn two play uh, when you're trying to get a tempo advantage on somebody. Also... Like we said, uh, these mana bases are pretty tight uh, because the cantrips let you find your mana sources a little bit easier. So the tax effect of Days is closer to an actual counter spell than it would be like if Days was in Modern or Standard or yeah. something. And also, funnily enough, like Days also lets you hit your land drop. Like yes. you, like you're like, oh, like I don't have a land in my hand anyway, yeah. so I'm just gonna I can Days this thing, put them back, mm-hmm. and then actually have a land to play yeah you're not ahead on mana but you have like slowed them down and like actually got to use that part of the game the right. land drop part of the game yep for that turn so delver decks uh are like get ahead stay ahead decks mm-hmm. right and days helps you do that like you want to yes. stick like your delver you want to like you want to like play turn one delver and then you want to daze their turn one or turn two play now you're you have a threat if it flips. Mm-hmm. Now the game is about like trying to not die to their Delver. Right. And so it's a kind of a almost like protect the queen mm-hmm. kind of strategy where you're like, okay, I have this thing. Now I just need to ride the game out yep. on this and not let you kill it yep. and not let you get traction. So it's kind of like if you played mono blue in standard. Yeah, it's a lot like that. Right. You're going to like stick a threat that might be a little anemic Mm -hmm. but it's good enough that you can now like protect it Mm -hmm. and get an advantage and like not let your opponent get uh board presence right keep the pressure on so they don't have time to draw out of it yeah so days lets you do that for no mana like you tap out for your threat Mm -hmm. days their threat now you're ahead Mm -hmm. basically these are all the delver strategies yeah obviously Um, obviously (laughs) uh play days and Delver. And then next is Wasteland. Yep. Uh, so Wasteland, we've talked about a couple times already, but we haven't actually said what the card was. It is a land that you can tap, sacrifice it, and destroy a non-basic land. Yes. It is the fixed strip mine. It, yeah. Fixed. Yeah. Fixed. Air in quotes. Air quotes. <laughs> Whenever they fix a card, it's still usually busted. Yeah. I mean, strip mine's way too busted, but Wasteland is also... Yeah, Wasteland is effectively yeah. strip mine and legacy yeah. because of how many non basic lands are. get played. Yeah. Again, this is a deck that in Delver decks mm-hmm. uh, works on that like get ahead, stay ahead, like mana denial, not let you get board presence. Right. Like if you go turn one Delver and your opponent goes turn one Ponder mm-hmm. and then you Wasteland them. The best they can do is cantrip or play a Delver. And right. if your Delver's already flipped, you're kind of winning, winning the, race. the race. Yeah. 
right? And then like, and then you get your uh, your days up, and yeah, then they're you a have your behind days, and yeah, and so, and then like, okay, I'll play my double, and you're like, well, days it, yeah. and now they're behind on tempo, yeah, and they're down a, a threat perhaps, yeah. So it's a way to kind of get ahead, stay ahead. Mm-hmm. It also shows up in a lot of like the colorless decks. There's a lot of yeah. prison decks, yeah, that. Uh, again, are trying to stop you from doing stuff. We'll talk about them in a second. Mm-hmm. Where Wasteland is, a lot of times they're colorless or play a lot of colorless cards. Mm-hmm. And so that lets you like deal with opposing troublesome lands. Yeah. Because there's a lot of really powerful lands that just randomly show up in Legacy. Right, yeah. Uh, because Legacy is so old, there's been a whole bunch of sets that have utility lands printed in them. A lot of times Wizards likes to put utility lands in their sets. And because... Legacy goes back to the beginning of Magic. Um, some of those early utility lands were pretty good. Yes. Or they have a cycle of four garbage cards and one great card. Yeah, that too. Which is like the Legends, like Karaka, uh, the cycle that has Karakas in it. Or the cycle that has like, well, I guess not Gaia's Cradle because like Talarian Academy is pretty good too, but. No, three, three of those five were good. Yeah, yeah. So Gaia's Cradle, uh, Sarah Sanctum, Talarian Academy. Yeah. The red one we don't speak of, Shivan Gorge. Yeah. So the first three I mentioned make mana equal to the number of a certain type of permanence. Yeah. Turns uh, out that's broken. That's really good. Like, uh, Talarian Academy makes mana equal to the number of artifacts you control. Yep. Sarah's Sanctums, enchantments. And Guy's Cradle is creatures. Yep. And then Shivan Gorge, you can pay for, like, four and a red tap and sacrifices to deal two damage. Yeah. Uh... One of these things is not like the other one. I think is the last one Frexian Tower. Yeah, it's either Tower or Stronghold. I forget which one. Yeah, I think it's the one that puts a creature back on top. Okay. So that one. Well, is, it's not Tower. There's Tower sacrifices a creature gets black black. Yeah. Okay. Uh, stronghold is the one that stronghold. puts a creature back on top. Volres yeah. Stronghold. Okay, so maybe it is Tower. Anyway, so there's been a few like cycles where just yeah. like you've seen in standard where like two of the cards are busted and. Yeah. Three of the cards are just not so much, right? Or even like the uh, like think about like the 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 scarab god, locust god, mm-hmm. scorpion god. Scarab god was busted. Yeah, the other ones sucked. Yeah, the other <laughs> ones were not played anywhere. Yeah. So like wasteland helps control those because like just like in standard or in like a draft, getting utility out of your land is really important. Like, yeah. hey, this taps for a mana, mm-hmm. and it does something else something else like this is great yeah right so you get a spell for free mm-hmm. basically in one of your land slots you get a spell yeah so wasteland gives you if you're a deck that cares about one of these popularly played lands yeah you can deal with it right so like caracas is really good against reanimator because mm-hmm. you reanimate a legendary creature in caracas's tap return a target legendary creature to its owner's hand right and a lot of times like reanimator is using they're spending two or three cards to do that yeah so if they can just play their land and put it back in your hand you've got like a two card card advantage or three card card advantage on them or same with like uh, uh show and tell mm-hmm. if they like put an emercle and you put in the caracas you just bounce their emercle yeah yeah so wasteland gives you a way to do that and to deny your your opponent's mana yep so you're going to find this in decks, uh, obviously the Delver decks, we had just talked about that. There are two decks that are just like lands. One is called lands and one is uh, four color loam. 
they're both going to play wastelands. They both play ways to recur them. They both play a bunch of utility lands. As we mentioned before, death and taxes. You're going to see wasteland and death and taxes also. And then again, another weird name we have Maverick, which yeah. is like uh, an Abzan like creature, like value deck mm-hmm. that recurs lands and yep. does tr- tricky stuff. Yep, just kind of good stuff. Yeah. The next one up here is Chalice. Yeah. So Chalice of the Void is XX for an artifact where uh, you put X counters on it, mm-hmm. and it's templated really weird. It is. But whenever a spell with converted mana cost X is cast, there's a trigger that goes on the stack, and Chalice of the Void counters that spell. Correct. So if you pay two mana, you get a Chalice with one counter on it, mm-hmm. which means any one mana spell you can counter with Chalice. Correct. It is your responsibility to remember to, to say trigger whenever anyone casts a spell. Yes. But it is a way to for non-blue decks to get like a large card card advantage. Yeah. Because if you stick a chalice on turn one against a Delver deck. If they can't force a bullet, yeah. they can't cast any of their one mana cantrips, they can't sculpt their hand, they can't play their threats. Right. It just turns off their deck. Mm-hmm. So it's a way for you to stop them from playing. Mm-hmm. So that's where where the prison term comes from is you lock them out of the game. You lock Correct. them in like a magic prison. They can't do anything. Yep. Chalice is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And so there are different variants of chalice decks. Yeah. Uh, like you mentioned, there's mono red prison plays blood moons also and chalices there's uh the loam decks um that i mentioned when we were talking about wasteland they play chalices because they play a bunch of fast mana to ramp them out eldrazi yeah uh the eldrazi deck in legacy plays chalices uh, much like it does in modern 12 post is kind of what tron is but in legacy and that deck plays chalice and uh then you have various like stompy lists which are kind of similar to the prison lists they're all like chalice decks that play some sort of fast mana yeah to uh, get their chalice out so like there's soldier stompy mm-hmm. which is just a bunch of soldiers yep and there's dragon stompy which is a bunch of dragons basically you get to do whatever you want behind a chalice if you right. can stick your chalice early mm-hmm. you would do whatever you want i saw a picture like six months ago of someone uh, losing to dinosaurs Rawr. in day two of a legacy <laughs> tournament because it was just Dino Stompy. It was just Chalice of the Void and Dinosaurs. Sure. Because like I want to beat people with dinosaurs and like Charging Monstrosaur is good enough. <laughs> charging Monstrosaur. All right. Yes. Yes. Someone's getting fied by a Charging Monstrosaur. <laughs> like some Delver player was just like, I can't do anything. I guess I'm going to take five. And then you have, we have the last thing here. We have Fast Mana. Yeah. Fast Mana is obviously mana that's faster than normal lotus petal mm-hmm. is a zero drop artifact that you can sack for one mana of any color there's a couple moxes that are legal in legacy that aren't legal in modern mox diamond um I think mox diamond is the only one that's not legal right no uh the imprint one isn't legal in modern. oh chrome mox yeah chrome mox is the other one so chrome mox is zero mana when it comes to play exile a card you can mm-hmm. tap it for mana of any color that that card is yep there's a couple uh saul lands also lands to yeah. tap for two mana of any or two colorless mana city of traders and ancient tomb and i have Ugin. sure and i have Ugin. yeah i guess that fits because it got banned yes. <laughs> these give you ways to cheat on your mana mm-hmm. play play big things ahead of schedule right Soul Land plus Chalice of the Void gets mm-hmm. you a turn one chalice. Right. Uh, Soul Land plus like Chrome Mox mm-hmm. can get you a turn one Blood Moon. Yep. Or out of like the Soldier Stompy decks can get you like a big Thalia. Mm-hmm. 
which makes it so your opponent's dual lane comes into play tapped, or right. their fetch lane comes into play tapped. Which is really awkward. Really awkward. So it gives you ways to like play big things ahead of schedule mm-hmm. and like play lock pieces yeah. that make it so your opponent can't do anything. So m- mostly the fast mana is in the, the lock decks, the prison decks. Yeah, it's kind of weird because like the fast mana doesn't really seem to show up in the middle of the format. It's at like the prison decks that are looking to play a real long game, and it's in the decks that are broken and looking to pl- win on turn one. Yeah. Like they, there's a certain number of the soul lands mm-hmm. in uh, show and tell, right? Because show and tell costs two and a blue, right? So if you can go island city of traders, you can turn to your show and tell. Yep. But they don't show up in Delver because a lot of Correct. the spells in Delver just have color manic requirements. Yeah, and they're just like one one yeah, pip anyway. You know, like one CMC. Young pyromancer costs one and a red. Right. It doesn't matter if you have a soul land. Yeah, it's still. It's still costing one. You're still having to tap yeah. two mana, two lands to do it. Yep. So those are the the kind of the big things that happen, mm-hmm. right? So you, one thing that I don't like about Legacy is because Brainstorm, Force of Will, Delver, and Days are all these kind of like pillars that people build around. Mm-hmm. You end up with a lot of decks that a lot of the blue decks are, are functionally the same. Are like forty to yeah. forty five cards are the same. Yeah. And then it's like, well, I'm Grixis Delver, so I want to win with Gurmag Angler. And right. I'm Teamer Delver, and I want to win with Tarmogoyf. Yeah, or Hooting Mandrills. Or Hooting Mandrills. <laughs> There's not a lot of diversity sometimes in the blue decks mm-hmm. where like you might be two or three turns in before you figure out what you're playing against. Right. Because there's a lot of homogeneity with the blue decks and all the cantrips and stuff. But then, you know, you play into prison deck and you pretty know what, sure, you know what's up. <laughs> On turn one, yeah. Yeah, like basic planes, you're like, hmm, all right, death and taxes, yep, cool. got it. Cool, I know what's going on here. I think we said earlier that Legacy has changed a lot over the last year. Uh, yeah, last like 18 months maybe. Yeah. And by a lot, you mean compared to like Legacy's past, not compared to like modern or standard right yeah yeah it's yeah. it's kind of what legacy had been yeah so there was a time where the absolute best deck in the format was miracles mm-hmm. and miracles was built around this card sensei's divining top yep which was one mana and you could pay a mana and look at the top three cards of your library and put them back in any order mm-hmm. and people are goldfish and can't remember what order they put their cards back in <laughs> So like they will like dividing top multiple times in a turn. Yeah. And this led to games going really long. Yeah. Also, like there's reasons to do it multiple times a turn. Yeah. Like if you have a there's a card that Miracles also plays called Counterbalance that's a blue blue for an enchantment. And whenever your opponent casts a spell, you can reveal the top card of your library. And if it shares CMC with it, then you counter that spell. Yeah, so so with top the top would let you out, yeah. Put them, they would float different mana costs in their top three. Yeah. So like they could counter your your spells. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they would just forget. Yeah. That happens too. Uh so it made tournaments go really long. Yeah. So they got rid of Sensei's Divining Top, mm-hmm. which caused Miracles to change into kind of its current form. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the best deck by far was Four Color Delver, right? Which was built on the back of a Deathrite Shaman, mm-hmm. my boy. <laughs> so he's a one-two mm-hmm. for, for hybrid, yeah, hybrid black green. Yes, uh, you can tap him, exile a land from any graveyard, 
to yep. make one mana of any color. Yep. So this held their mana base together. Mm-hmm. You're playing, you know, wastelands and fetch lands anyway, so yep. let you let you ramp, let you fix your mana. And then for a green, you could exile a creature from a graveyard and gain two life. Yep. And for a black, you could exile a instant or sorcery. Yes. And dome your opponent for two. So it did a whole lot. Yep. It was for a rare. Mana. It was a rare from like yep. a return to Ravnica or whatever. Yeah, it did too much. Logan would play four color Delver, and for months I would tell him that it was gonna that Deathrite was gonna get banned. He'd mm-hmm. say no, and I just started like uh, messaging him how many uh, Deathrite shamans <laughs> were in the top eight of tournaments, and like there were a lot of tournaments that like it was, you know, of a possible thirty two, there would be twenty eight, yeah, or twenty four. It was just in like every single deck, and it's like, oh, there are only twenty four, but. The next five decks, nine through fourteen, yeah. all had four Delvers each. Yeah, like, death rates. Death rates each. Yeah. It's like oh, so that got banned, which then changed kind of the composition of the Delver decks. Yeah, kind of splintered them. Yes, you got more more diversity because yeah. all the decks were basically the same. It was you would sit down and you were playing against five yeah. of the exact same cards. Yeah, you knew what fifty five of them were. Yeah, and then it was just like, what are the five that they that they are partial to? Yeah. Uh, then you have uh, Gitaxian Probe. Yeah, it's a Phyrexian blue mana, which means you can either pay a blue or you can pay two life instead of paying a blue mana. Look at your opponent's hand and then draw a card. Yeah, it's peak. Yep. Uh, that you had to pay no mana for. Yep. So it got banned because it made Storm too good, mm-hmm. and it made Infect too good. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, you have perfect information. You know when you can go for your combo. Right. It makes your deck effectively smaller. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, like, you just pay two life and draw a card, so your deck's really only 56 cards. Right. Um, it's also food for Delve, and there's yeah. a whole bunch of other reasons why people play it also. But And then uh, recently Modern Horizons gave Legacy uh, Renin 6. Yeah. Which is the, like, current hotness. Yeah, it's kind of like the new Deathrite Shaman. It seems like every deck is just four color something with Ren and Six now. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Teamer Delver that has come back. Yeah. So people are playing Stifles and... Uh, Hooting Mandrels and Tarmogoyfs and Ren and Six. Yeah, and they're just using Ren and Six as a way to like recur their Wastelands or hit yeah. every one of their land drops. Like When you only have 18 lands in your deck... Yeah, hitting all of them is great. Yeah, like if every turn you just get to draw a land... Mm-hmm. Right, and if that lands a fetch land, it makes your brainstorms better. Yep, and things like that. Yeah, even if you're out of fetchable sources, just shuffling those cards away from your hand is well worth the life. Yeah, and then it's also showing up in lands-based strategies, so yeah. like loam, and I think just actual lands. Actual lands, yeah. Is is playing that as well? So it's giving something else. Mm-hmm. Right, usually only like maybe one or two cards from a set will like actually go like do anything in legacy. Yeah. And usually it's like one deck. It's not like every deck. Yeah. Like red and six right now is just, they're just jamming it. Everyone's jamming it in every deck to try to see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned it earlier with like decks that are showing up, but like Hogak, mm-hmm. uh, free eight, eights are good enough for legacy. Right. So, uh, that's also showing up. So there are some new things that are happening. Mm hmm. But the people that have been playing, you know, a deck for a long time, like they, a lot of times they're not compelled to move. Yeah, I mean, once you've put the money into a legacy deck, you're probably less apt to jump around because the decks are 
more pricey than like a normal, yeah. like a standard deck or whatever. So people tend to play the same decks for a really long time, um, especially pros. Like a lot of the pros that play Legacy, like you can rattle off a list of pros names, and chances are people are going to know what they play in Legacy. Yeah, like I'm mean, like Joe Lissette, like he plays Miracles. Right. Caleb Shear, he plays Storm. Yep. So yeah, there's a lot of people yep. that are just kind of like tied to a deck. Yep. Like Mangucci's, if he's if it's for stakes, he's gonna play a Delver deck. Right. If it's for a video, he'll play whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. But if there's money involved, he's yeah. he's sleeping up brainstorm. Yep. So we're not gonna get into the legacy meta game right yeah. now. Maybe when we get a little bit closer to the event, where it might do us a little bit more good. Yeah, I don't want to overload you guys either. Yeah. Legacy is a, a little bit daunting, and it's not for everybody. So I don't want to beat you all over the head with it all at once. Yeah, but if you can, like, get a tournament going at your local store mm-hmm. uh, with, like, proxies or whatever, like, it's it's, it's a different way to play. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of cards in Legacy that, like, don't see any play anywhere else. Not right. because they're not legal, but because they just don't work in modern. And, right. And so they go to Legacy and there's, like, and a lot of the staples in Legacy are, like, super cheap. Like, mm-hmm. Brainstorms are a dollar. Yeah. Ponders are like two dollars. Delvers are like a dollar. I think they're less than a dollar. Right, like it's a common from Innistrad. Right. There's so there's a lot of parts of Legacy that are cheap. Mm-hmm. Dazes are super cheap. Yeah, but then there's basically just the lands. Yeah. But you can put together like the guts of a Legacy deck relatively inexpensively. Mm-hmm. So it's it's worth like at least trying to see if you like the format. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. D- it has the added benefit, just like when we were talking about getting into modern, where it'll make you a better player. The more different things you do, the more your brain's going to open up to different lines of decisions. That's especially important in Legacy. So if you're looking to you know, improve yourself as a player, it might be worth looking into Legacy also. Yeah. You're going to have a blast, but you're also going to get better at the game in general. Yeah, and any kind of deck you like to play yeah. is available for you. Oh, yeah. Right? It's not like... You know, there's like one combo deck in Modern or two. Yeah. Right? There's a million different combo decks. Oh, yeah. Tunnel. Right? There's a bunch of different little creature decks. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't even mention like goblins. Right. Goblins is a, is like death and taxes, but if you like goblins. Right. It's red instead of white. It's red instead of white, but does a lot of the same things. Yep. So you have all the different tribal decks, even Merfolk, which isn't super great. But like, yeah. if you if you play Merfolk, when I when I started getting into modern, I bought Burn in modern mm-hmm. and Merfolk in modern because both of those decks become legacy decks relatively cheaply. Right. So you know, if you have a tribe that you like, there's there's a legacy deck for you. Mm-hmm. And like we said, it. If you have a tribe that you like that doesn't have any support, you can just shove it behind a chalice and you'll be good to go. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Dinosaurs, we're yep. in there. Yeah. Uh, also, like if you're a control player, there's probably two defined control archetypes. Yeah. There's Grixis mm-hmm. or four-color control. Yeah. There's Grixis, there's four-color control, and then there's Miracles, mm-hmm. which is like your stock blue-white control deck. Yeah, Miracles is probably closer to like a hard control list. Yeah, and then uh, like Grixis and Four Color, like slanted mid rangey just a little bit. Yeah, but you you do have all the options that you want. Legacy is similar to Modern most of the time, where like the tier one might have a fifty three percent win rate, and the tier two decks have like 
a 49% win rate. Yeah. Right. There's not a huge like gap in how good the decks are. Yeah. It's also like talking about legacy can be tough because the meta is so large. There's not a whole lot of coverage for legacy events, but when there is like, you'll be amazed at the number of different decks that show up. And also like legacy decks will oftentimes look pretty awesome just because people have been playing it for a long time. So they have, rare foils or oh, like yeah. weird printings i think so like i have um dark depths mm-hmm. combo in various versions yeah. foiled yeah bowman has most of storm now all japanese yeah like that deck's not complicated enough for someone to play against they have yeah, to also know japanese. japanese so there's also like you just get to see neat yeah super sweet decks yeah neat cards like you might, you'll see maybe lands you haven't seen before right and things like that because someone's like, well, I have all the cards now and I want to make my deck yeah. different. Yeah, like when was the last time you saw Guru lands in somebody's standard deck? Like never. Yeah, but you see them all the time at Legacy events. Yeah. We're going to change gears pretty hard now. We're going to go from Legacy <laughs> to to Arena. Yeah. So, again, we had uh, Jesse and uh, Mr. Ken. Thanks, uh, guys. Thank you. Uh, contributed. Like, Jesse actually played a ton of games in gold. Good job, Jesse. And... Uh, drew like some really weird like pairings yeah like he played like 27 games and i think only played against like five archetypes that's crazy so and i played in gold after the after the reset i have a little bit in platinum Mm -hmm. pre-reset i think but after the or diamond pre-reset but then after the reset i got some games in in gold so this week somehow he had like we end up with esper being 20% 20% hmm. and Simic Flash being 22%. So those were the right. two biggest uh, represented decks. I played against Esper a few times, uh, but I think Jesse played like eight matches wow. against it or something. Poor Jesse. Yeah. And then Simic Flash. And now, like Simic Flash, there's. I think I have it broken out as I think the other one's off meta, mm-hmm. but like there's the Simic deck yeah. and now there's also this Sultai deck where yeah. they've taken out like syncopates for like cast downs. So mm-hmm. they have a little bit more removal. Uh, they run the, um, the dire fleet poisoner also the death touch flash guy. Okay. I've not seen, I've not seen that one. Yeah. I think I've only played against it like once or twice, yeah. but yeah. So, so there's a couple like flash variants floating mm-hmm. around that are blue, green, something. Yeah. And then after that, there's, like, Naya. Somehow, like, there's not been a ton of scapeshift. Like, yeah. I'm the monster playing scapeshift and just, like... <laughs> That's all right, though. Yeah, it's fine. This deck's great. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of it. I didn't get a ton of chances to play this week. We're uh, going on vacation next week, so I, I had to spend a bunch of time packing this week. But I think I only played against it once. Yeah, there's not... Where's... I don't even see dinos on here. I've played against dinos a few times, but then after... So it was, like, Flash, then Esper... Then uh, Feather, and then Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what it's like. The weird. There's a what's the name of the big dragon? Or the name of the big um, dragon. Big dragon. Yeah, it's big dragon party. Yeah. So that shows up every so often. I mean, what's nice is again we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then the off meta stuff makes ten. Mm-hmm. And you know, Esper and Simic are a lot. But there's nothing else that's, like, huge. Yeah. So, like, you know, right now, like, I'm surprised when I'm playing a Mono Red. When yeah. someone goes, like, Mountain, like, really? Mountain? Okay. Yeah, I played against one Mono Red deck this week. 
Yeah, so it's, it's changed significantly. Yeah. Like, it only took standard being, like, huge mm-hmm. and people being like, they're going to get rid of my Teferis. They're going to play them for a few more months. Yeah. But, yeah, so it, it has, like, loosened up, and it is – I think it's more fun now. Because mm-hmm. there for a while, it was definitely not yeah. a blast. We've also got the uh, – what's the the event this week, the special event? Oh, the Ixalan Treasure okay. constructed. So last week was uh, – The pre-cons. Pre-cons. And this week – I think it's just one of those where you get a treasure each. Every turn. Every turn. Previously, the best decks in that format have been like uh, the blue red, like aggressive, like burn strategies Mm -hmm. where like you can just like turn one, play your uh, Electromancer, and then like turn two, deal a million damage. Yeah. That's typically what the best deck has been. Okay. The, The good thing is the entry to these events are free. Right. So like. I'm probably just going to take my regular constructed deck and play it and play it. Yeah. And like, if I lose some fine, like as long as I can cobble together the wins to get my, uh, I guess it's a mountain this week, this week. Is it a mountain? It's a mountain this week. So it's the lands from the, the showdown packs from like six months ago are yeah. the first five lands. And then the last one is the okay. unhinged yeah. mountain mountain. Cool. If you're going to play that, like, the blue-red decks are really good. All right. Uh, or at least they have been. Yeah. And then we have a little bit of platinum because uh, we only have 15 matches there. But there was Elementals, some Scape Shift. Elementals is the big one. Mm-hmm. So probably about probably about four or five matches against Elementals. Uh, and then a bunch of, like, kind of, like, one-offs, like Scape Shift, Naya Feather, Esper, Bant Ramp. And then the largest, the 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 tie for the large was just off meta stuff. Yeah. Uh, gosh, like last night in gold, I played against uh, just kind of like mid range stuff. Was it, it super friends? No, it was like turn two the 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 blue red two two flying haste. Yeah. And then there was like a shalai got cast at one point. Oh, that's weird. There was it went like the two two the two two a feather. I was like, okay, this is like Jeskai feather. Mm-hmm. But then I never saw a pump spell, huh? In the match, and then a Shalai happened. All right, and then I got deafening Clarion oh. to kill all my zombies. I was like, but you killed your two two flyers. Yeah. I am so confused. I don't know what's going on. That's right very now. strange. It was weird, and then I like played against like. I wonder if they were playing. Um... Kaikar. I didn't see enough spells to make that work. Like, well, you have to run like a, a, the same number of spells for feather is going to be fine with Kaikar, right? But I didn't see any spells. Like, yeah, I didn't that's, like. That's strange. I saw no pump spells. I was like, okay, like this must be some like like blue red. They must have dive down and yeah. stuff for feather. And then I didn't see any pump spells. Huh. And then I played against uh, a Grixis like mid range. I was like, okay, I'm playing against Grixis control. Yeah. And then they played like the Tonebound Lich, and I was like, okay, they're, I'm playing against Reanimator. Right. And then they played a Bolas. Okay. And I was like, what? What is this? Yeah. And then like the next game, they played like Dreadhorde Arch- uh, Dreadhorde uh, Butcher. Hmm. Wow. That's it was weird. just like a weird like In a deck with Bolas mid rangey like aggressive. Yeah, that's strange. Uh, they can't beat. Uh, a never-ending stream of tutus. Right. Lost game one, then we did not lose another yeah. another, another game, won the match. Yeah. Yeah, so there are still some, like, rando stuff floating around. Mm-hmm. 
and then yeah diamond there's not enough stuff for me to like i think i only played like five games in diamond yeah for the reset again like we've been saying it's wide open play what you like i think that the general consensus right now is that scape shift is probably the best deck yeah that's uh what i've heard from you know a lot of other sources a lot of pros and stuff probably what i would play if i had a standard event it just doesn't care what like yeah happens yeah you just well it's nice to have your win con stapled onto a land one stapled onto a land and then two like as long as you don't get run over you're like cool you played like yeah four creatures i'm gonna play 24 creatures now yeah at instant speed because i have a teferi and i'm gonna kill you yeah and so none of this matters Mm -hmm. people are are like uh, accounting for it um there are a lot of flame sweeps floating around okay there are um there are more rich, uh, ritual sets out of black decks. Yeah. I've seen in the, for the mirror, uh, the the innovative new version that people are talking about has deputy detention yeah. in place of prison roam mm-hmm. to uh, help against the mirror in game one. Yeah. And then there's Ashiox floating around, people like Esper, and then I've had people in the mirror board in Ashiok, mm-hmm. so you can't search. I was watching Channel Fireball does their like top five moments of the week. So it's like just like basically sh- uh, things that streamers have clipped. Yeah. That like people send to them and then they pick which ones they like the best. And apparently like the thing for streamers to do right now is to play Crafty Cut Purse. All right. So that that's going a little deep. Why don't you tell everybody what Crafty Cut Purse does? It's three in a blue yep. with flash mm-hmm. for a 2-2, two, two, I do believe. The 2-2 two, two or a 3-3? Three, three? Uh uh, something uh, overcosted for four mana. Okay. Uh, I don't remember which, but when it comes into play, if your opponent would get a token this turn, you get the token instead. Uh oh. So if you scape shift and you put all your uh, triggers on the stack from your field of the dead, they just get all your tokens and you die. Yep. And yeah, are, it is a two two. You are correct. Okay. And you are set. Yeah. So I don't know, like play around that or. Oh, that's a pretty good flavor text too. What is it? Possession is 11 tenths of the pirate code. Nice. Uh, my solution to that, not that I've had anyone like cut purse me, yeah. is you have Teferi. Like if you're not under a lot of pressure and you're worried about it, you just like wait till you get your Teferi mm-hmm. or you just win the game off the back of playing your lands and playing giant crises. Yeah, that works too. Like I've had a lot of games where you just don't cast your scape shift. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, control player, like here are two zombies and a crisis. You've got to kill these. Yep. Then I will like scape shift for like four, right? And then get you know eight zombies, make them hold that counter spell, yeah. And now, now you have to do it for four. Mm-hmm. Now I have to deal with these. Now I'll, I have another scape shift, I'll scape shift for four again, yeah. And like just like do it in increments as opposed to all of them at once, right? But yeah, the deck is really good. People can get under you, mm-hmm. uh, like mono red can at times get under you. Feather can be rough because they can make a giant 10th district legionnaire yeah. and then give it pro black and it gets through all your zombies. Yeah, that's rough. Like So that's like uh, a way for them to like get get in damage mm-hmm. is they chip in early and then they're able to like sneak it through your blockers. Like elementals, like cool. Like I can make more Yeah, you just go you bigger block. than they do. Vampires can be aggressive and get through you sometimes, but not all the time. Yeah. Uh, and then like Nexus is just like uh, miserable. Like you don't, you just don't have enough interaction. Game one. 
Yeah. But yeah, so I have a reasonable amount of experience with Scape Shift, and like, if you have the wild cards to like, and you don't mind burning four mythic wild cards on Scape Shift, yeah, it's definitely worth playing because I've had a really high win rate, mm-hmm. and it'll get you through the ladder pretty quickly. Like the reset was Tuesday, and they reset me to gold two, and now I'm platinum. Yeah. Like I think I'm like seven. I was like 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 seven and two or eight and three. Wow, that's pretty or good. Or something in gold so something along those lines yeah so it has been pretty pretty good yeah i don't have the wilds otherwise i would absolutely build it and play it yeah i mean that's that's the uh downside but you know you're gonna have most of you're gonna have most of standard come right uh, in like a month yeah Oh, there's one thing I wanted to add. It's not arena-related. Okay. But uh, we mentioned last time that we weren't quite sure when the ban and restricted announcement oh, is going yeah. to be. Apparently, uh, from listening to other podcasts and stuff, the, the next BNR is like August 26th. Okay. So that is one right in the middle of... MCQ season. MCQ season. That I just found out they announced. Yeah, yeah, we... we somehow missed that like yeah. it was announced. i've been waiting for it like we'd even we've mentioned on the podcast before we haven't heard anything about it yeah good job wizards yeah announce that on your stupid coverage when you do like yeah. the, do you want to do this go look for the mcq da- uh, the mcq announcement at like yeah you know wizards.com slash mcq yeah i guess it was released like july 1st or 2nd or something oh, yeah right before fourth of july and like yeah. Right in the middle of like spoiler season or yeah. something. Oh, right after spoiler season. I don't know. There's been too many spoiler seasons. There has been a lot of spoiler seasons. As we're like spoiling commander stuff now. Yeah. That is something to keep an eye on if mm-hmm. you're like playing Hogak or thinking about getting into Hogak. Yeah. Uh, is is that is that that's coming sooner than we thought. Yep. So and I think with that little like emergency announcement, I think that's everything, right? Yeah, I think that's everything for this week. All right. So uh I'll catch you at FNM. You'll be yeah. I'll be uh, somewhere else, not at FNM. I'll be vacationing. Vacationing. Yep. All right. Well, have fun. I will. You have fun also. I will. Say hi to everybody at FNM for me. Will do. And say hi to you, listeners, or bye in this case. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs>